Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, goofballs and scumbags, whether you're watching football, us, or the other football, also us, but that's a story for another time. Uh, y'all know what time it is. We are back at it again. <laughs> Episode 58. Damn, 58 of the Football Misfits. I am your host, of course, LV, a.k.a. Paper Fronto, a.k.a. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a.k.a. Buck Nasty. And I am joined, of course, by none other than the one, the only, the man who makes it happen, Mr. Misfits himself. Y'all know him as Ronnie. <laughs> so do I. Ronnie, say what's good for the one time. Hi, everybody. Stay strong, be brave. You know, we wouldn't be the Football Misfits, the real RSL. Unless we were joined by the S in RSL, uh, Mr. Uh, Spencyclopedia Britannica, Spencer Povich, Mr. Datadesk himself. You tell a lie, he will catch you because he's got the search engines and all that stuff. Uh, Spencer, say what's good for the one time. What's going on, everybody? Peace and love. Peace and love. Search engine Spence, let's get it. Search engine Spence, I like that one. Oh, that's fire. You put that on a t shirt. <laughs> Love that. All right, y'all. So, put on a t-shirt. Big facts. Um, all right, so I, I guess uh, let's get straight into things. Uh, international break was over, and while it was going on, I was doing a lot of crying, much like uh, uh, some Brazilian uh, players as well as some Argentinian players, um, and also like Novak Djokovic. Uh, but yeah. we'll get to that when we get to that. If you watch the U.S. Open, you might get that one. Uh, I guess we can always start since club football is back. Ooh. Love that. I guess we could start with um, favorite matches of the week. Ronnie, you want to go first? Um, This may have been your favorite match of the week. I'm not sure. But Saturday saw Bayer Leverkusen and Borussia Dortmund go at it. And that game was a shootout. Florian Witz getting it started ninth minute. Haaland got his first out of a brace before Patrick Schick gave Leverkusen a 2-1 lead going into the half. And then second half, it was pretty much all Borussia Dortmund. You hear that? That's me wiping the dust off Julian Brandt because that man scored. Oof. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Wow. <laughs> um, He scored um, less than 10 minutes later. Um. Musa Diaby scored. All three of their goal scorers are the leaders of the team. Ritz, Schick, and Diaby. Especially now that Leon Bailey went to Aston Villa. But also scoring for Dortmund was Rafael Guido to equalize the match 3-3. Before Erling Haaland nets a penalty to make things 4-3. Um, I don't remember if it was at the penalty celebration. It might have been the penalty celebration. Where Jude Bellingham on Holland's back catches a beer from the stands, takes a little sip, spits it out, not his cup of tea. And Levy Cousin did have a couple chances after the fact, but 4 3 finished Dortmund over Levy Cousin. That was some Bundesliga match. Now, is that Jude Bellingham or Stone Cold Steve Austin? I don't know. But neither here nor there. Um, all right, my game of the week, you know, I keep the Premier League for the most part. I did love that game, uh, uh, the BVB match. You know, love a good shootout. 
uh, Patrick Schick on fire. Erling Holland just, you know, a little bit more on fire. But that's neither here nor there, as I always say. Uh, so, yeah, in the Premier League, my favorite match of the week, a nil-nil draw between Southampton and West Ham. Just kidding. Just kidding. I was not watching that. Um, obviously, the marquee match on the Premier League uh, schedule this weekend was the return of Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, the Premier League definitely milked that for all it was worth. Uh, I saw Ren Ronaldo starts this week. Ronaldo's coming back. Well, old videos of Ronaldo scoring free kicks from 40 yards out all week, even during the international break. Um, so that was a bit annoying. But, hey, man, listen, the hype was worth it. Manchester United. Play Newcastle at Old Trafford. Ronaldo wearing that number seven shirt for the first time since 2008. Woo! Edinson Cavani uh, not wearing that shirt, obviously. Uh, the game started fast-paced. Ronaldo looked like he was going to score uh, regardless of what happened. Uh, he uh, had a couple chances, one that hit the siding of the net, but he looked hungry. Uh, he looked ready, and the Manchester United fans uh, obviously won't let you hear the end of it. Uh, if you know one, which you probably do. Um, now, H man, <laughs> at H man Coker, on, on a good day, on a good day, on a good day. Now, as far as the game goes, uh, just before halftime, there was a goal scored by Manchester United by you guessed it, Cristiano Ronaldo gets a goal off a little uh, poacher's goal, as Spencer would call it, and I think I would call it as well. Just before the halftime whistle, and that was enough to send the place uh, going crazy. Uh, the game did not end there, however, folks, as Javier Manquillo of Newcastle got a goal back from a beautiful, probably one of the best counterattacking goals I've seen in a long time in the calendar year of 2021. Newcastle wow. back in the game. And, and, and here we have it, ruining Ronaldo's day. I love to see it personally. As you know, I, I root for the, uh, the underdogs, or sometimes, as they say, the losers. But uh, game on. Newcastle playing with some uh, a bit of pep in their step. Obviously, St. Maximan, their best player, doing what he does, doing a job, as they say, on Rafael Varane, uh, Aaron Wambasaka, amongst others. Um, and, of course, uh, like the man he is, like he did in the summertime, the tension's got to be on him. When Messi was getting transferred to PSG, Harry Kane's saga with Man City, he wasn't getting enough attention, uh, posted a, a, a wild Instagram five-paragraph essay, Ronaldo. He did more of the same against Newcastle, as everybody starts to their attention towards Newcastle making a comeback. Ronaldo says, yeah, I, this is my day, my week. This is my Premier League. You, you say Messi plays in a Farmers League. I'm going to make the Premier League look like a Farmers League. As he scores a second goal, and all of a sudden he's on a hat trick. United are up 2-1. Place goes crazy yet again. Man United fans won't let you hear the end of it. Alex Ferguson is at home somewhere laughing. Um, and it would not stop there, folks. Man United after going up 2-1. Bruno Fernandes wanted a piece of the action. As Manchester United fans and fans of uh, the sport alike says, Bruno Fernandes can't play with Ronaldo or Pinaldo. Uh, he said, yeah, I took a shot from about 40 yards out, uh, sunk it on Newcastle's third string goalkeeper. Dubrovka was nowhere to be seen. Uh, Carl Darlow was nowhere to be seen. But the ball was in the back of the net and Bruno Fernandes showed them teeth like Sid from Ice Age. What a beautiful smile. <laughs> you think it's over from there no it's not jesse lingard gets subbed in later on in the match earlier in the week we saw how much he loved cristiano ronaldo posted a picture of him in the academy at man united with a young cristiano ronaldo back in 2007-8 he wanted a piece of the action his damn self when we folks thought that he was gonna never play again for uh manchester united 
with their team that they have and how well he did at West Ham, that was actually not true as he came on. And with a, some, a beautiful play from Paul Pogba and a beautiful dummy from, I believe it was Mason Greenwood. All of a sudden, Mason Greenwood, all of a sudden, Jesse Lingard is right in front of the box, six yards out. And what does he do? Buries it. Oh, beautiful goal. He does the Jesse Lingard slash Cristiano Ronaldo celebration. Oh, it was beautiful to see uh, if you're a Manchester United fan. And overall, the energy was contagious. Love to see it. Uh, that game went from competitive to the Cristiano Ronaldo slash Jesse Lingard show. Real quickly, uh, Manchester United win 4-1. Ronaldo off to a hot start, if you will. And that was my favorite match of the week. Yeah, that was pretty much everyone and their mom's favorite game of the week. But um, it was really a good match. I, I enjoyed watching it as well. I'm not going to front on you guys. It was nice to see Old Trafford buzzing again. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Ronaldo did exactly what we hoped he would. I would have been pissed off if the match finishes 1-1, even though Ronaldo scores. You know, uh, he really brought the magic back, um, despite how everything may have been, the things that may have been said about his game now. Um, he did exactly what we thought he would. Uh, and delivered an entertaining match, even if everyone loved it. There's a reason why match finishes 4-1. But the thing about it, I think the biggest thing about it, like you said, the, the place was buzzing again. It had some life, you know, and it wasn't just the Ronaldo show. You know, it was, Man United really put in a, 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 sh a shift there. And uh, now they got Ole Gunnar Shoskar looking like Vince McMahon. No chance. That's what you got. Mr. Untouchable. That takes care of favorite matches. International break did end recently as well. It sure did, um, but not without some controversy. Am I right, Ronnie? Um, we thought all was going to be well. I mean, no, we didn't. We spoke about it last week, the effects of the alleged ban that uh, the club federations in Europe placed upon South American players. I wouldn't say a ban, but sort of a uh, guideline on what to do um, and I think we predicted that it wouldn't go very well. Obviously, everybody was acting in their self-interest, and it didn't go well at all. I mean, it got really embarrassing real quickly. Turns out that that ban never really held any weight because all these Brazilian players were made available for the weekend. Let's say that that never happened, that they didn't reach some type of agreement or whatever, but the band would be upheld would you be mad um removing the fact that you may have a brazilian or two on your team i would say no because again rules are you gotta let go of your guys yeah there's no caveat of oh but there's a pandemic i get it but you know rules are rules right that's how i view it i hear that i mean from my perspective it just looked like, what are the rules? The rules seem to be some bullshit, as you mentioned, um, and as we like to say at the end of the show. Um, Brazil calling upon this five-day travel ban uh, rule from FIFA by uh, around Thursday. We thought that the most of the clubs in Europe would be gutted, having a ton of Brazilian talent on them. By Saturday, they are definitely playing. So it, things were all over the place. And I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's just going to get more ugly. There doesn't seem to be a uh, sort of consensus among the different federations, be it the Brazilian FA 
or Anvisa, as I learned uh, recently, is the Brazilian Health Federation, um, be it UEFA, be it FIFA, it's just, you know, everything is nuts, uh, you know, club federations, um, it's all up in the air, but push come to shove, it seemed like, it seemed for the most part, the clubs got what they wanted and the federations sort of got what they wanted. Obviously some teams, uh, Spurs, which we'll get into, faced the bulk of it. Um, players, I believe, were gonna be fined by the club. Giovanni Lo Celso, Christian Romero, Davinson Sanchez, included the poor guy, um, and did not feature this weekend for Spurs. Um, which makes no sense. Absolutely no sense at all. You're finding them for obliging the international duty. It wasn't really anything. I mean, aside from the fact, the the idea of you know, there's a difference between refusing to release them, which they can't do, and then or advising them against releasing them, and then finding them, even though you didn't refuse them leaving, because obviously they're not leaving without any sort of you know communication between clubs. Well, the league refused them to go. Right. And they all jumped aboard like, yeah, no. Aston Villa and Spurs allegedly have reached an agreement. So right. I don't know. Well, I, from what I read online. Uh, but now that you're saying that the those Spurs players might get fined, screams bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And I, I think uh, it also goes into um, that the clubs were lockstep in um, refusing. Obviously, that's how the Premier League, I guess, would, could make that statement. Uh, I think Aston Villa was one of the first to break the ranks and allowed Emmy Martinez, which I knew, I figured, as as you said, you know, he probably would would go no matter what. You yeah, know? Martinez and Buendia. And Buendia as well. So Aston Villa were the, were the first first to break ranks and say, "All right, do what you got to do." Um, and from there, I think it was all kind of no holds barred. Players were going to go no matter what. And you know, if a couple players go, it seems like a domino effect. But the entire situation is kind of weird. Davis and Sanchez having to quarantine with the Argentinian players who were, you know, as we mentioned last week, were <laughs> chased off the field. Um, and then subsequently having to go back to London and then getting fined by their club. I mean, it just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And I mean, it's not over here. There's qualifiers coming up ne just next month. Right. So uh, some type of solution has to be met. If there's no solution met, we're gonna have the same scenario. Oh, and by the way, um, I noticed, you know, our teams post, you know, how a lot of their players are internationals and doing what they're doing. I'm using Spurs in particular, cause that's what I want to talk about. They shared Harry Kane passing, whoever he passed for fifth on the England all-time list. They shared Hunman's son on duty for South Korea. They shared the Welsh players on international duty. Um, Los also had an assist in the Venezuela game and not a peep. Not a peep because they're too busy drawing up that fine. Not a peep, which is complete bullshit from the Tottenham perspective. I mean, it's international duty. You got to let them go. I mean, yeah, the league because they know, but who are they? Right. And Again, it's World Cup qualifying, which is the point of it all. Right. You know, the biggest, biggest competition in the entire world. Um, I mean... Despite the fact, despite FIFA's attempts to make it a shit show with the with the alleged two year, Ooh, we will get to that. Um, we will get to that absolutely. on the field, though, Elvi. Um, we were talking about Argentines. Lionel Messi had himself quite the match against Bolivia. Hat trick hero, first game in front of the Argentine crowd since winning Copa America. Messi 
passes Pele for the most goals by a South American male for now. pending further review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Messi in an absolute sweet spot. Also, not to be forgotten, Messi, when joining PSG, allegedly, from what I've read, uh, reportedly, uh, having a clause in his contract allowing him to do whatever he wants in regards to uh, international duty. Uh, so steering clear of all of this bullshit. And you can see it in his play, scoring a hat trick. Uh, he seems to be loving life right now for Argentina, specifically after winning uh, Copa America. And um, more, more of the same as Bolivia didn't know what the hell to do with the guy. Um, Patrick Hero. And he's the only one not dealing with any of this shit. <laughs> he doesn't give a he doesn't care what's going on. Um, obviously, we spoke about his compatriots, uh, Christian Romero, Emi Buendia, Emi Martinez. They got Romero um, and Gio Lo Celso in Croatia doing a 10-day quarantine. What is going on? But, yeah, big ups to Messi. Passing Pele. I know Pele can't be happy about that. He probably just made a FIFA uh, my player and is uh, playing club pro clubs, trying to get some goals <laughs> back. Um, so, yeah. Congrats to, to um, Lionel Messi there on an, an achievement. And here comes many more, uh, no doubt about that. Elsewhere, I do have, um, I mean, in Europe at least, uh, I caught some international matches, even though some of them Did weren't you? honest to watch. Yes, I just want to speak about one man and his name is Memphis Depay. Oh man, oh man. If there were a player that is the most informed, in my opinion, right now in Europe, it's Memphis Depay. Guys, you said this. Absolutely, we definitely did. We spoke about this, but just he just keeps on keeping on. Um, we saw we saw him play this past week. Um, obviously, things seem to be going a bit better uh, for Netherlands since getting rid of Frank de Boer. Uh, now we talked about one of the you know one of the, the few big matches left um, in the World Cup qualifiers this past week. You know, a lot of Faroe Islands and Andorra stuff going on there. But Netherlands-Turkey, I thought it was going to be a pretty big match. You explained that it'd be essential in basically naming who'd be the leader of that group and who'd win that group. And, uh, boy, the Netherlands, you know, really really uh, put their foot on Turkey's necks. Uh, Turkey necks, wow. <laughs> I just, I just a game. Um, but, okay, this is not Thanksgiving. This is the football misfits. Okay, so... Um, I mean, first things first, 6-1 was the ending score. Netherlands came with the absolute smoke. Uh, Turkey didn't score until the 90-plus second minute. You can call that a consolation goal. Memphis Depay, though, I mean, scoring a cracker, absolute cracker, uh, gets himself a hat trick and an assist. Uh, he was the man and continues to be the man. Obviously, uh, David Klassen started the scoring. Uh, Goose Till or Gus Till uh, scored late on, and then Donya Malin got one as late as well. But nobody cares uh, because Memphis, it was the Memphis Depay show, and that's really been the story of the season. He's been the bright, shining star, you know, at Barcelona and on the Netherlands and uh, in Europe. Yeah, man, for club and country, Memphis Depay has been killing it. If we're looking at it from like, what have you been doing for me lately? Memphis Depay is definitely up there as one of the top footballers at this very moment where we sit has to be hat tricks for the netherlands uh, you could say it was against turkey but it's still a hat trick it's memphis the pie scoring he can't not score and then 
he is Barcelona's lifeline this season. While you have Eric Garcia stinking the place up in the back, in the front, it's all Memphis. And right in between is Pedri, who is returning from vacation. <laughs> oh man, my boy got about two weeks vacation. <laughs> He's back to play for another four years straight. <laughs> my goodness, good luck to him. He man. ended his vacay early. That's what you call a workaholic. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it was the Memphis Depay show. He killed it. Um, a couple of other notables, I guess. Italy beating Lithuania 5 nothing. Wash. And Germany back on track, 4-0 over Iceland. Poland and England ended 1-1. Oh, man, what a game. Uh, I think England definitely shat the bed, if you will, despite a, a wonderful Harry Kane goal from somewhere 45 yards out. That shit was dipping, whipping, flipping, and then ended up in the back of the net. I thought it was a deflection, the way that ball was. It, it looked like a in bowling when you, like, put some spin on it. That's what it looked yeah. like. Left, left right. <laughs> Up, down, the goalkeeper was like, huh? Uh, you know, was that Wojciech Chesney? Probably. Um, <laughs> the funny thing about that goal was Chesney looked to dive to the wrong side at first. <laughs> and then by the time he got back, it was too late. But yeah, um, Poland getting a late goal in the 90th plus second minute um, and, you know, really kicking England in the teeth there. Yeah, man, because you can score all the goals you want against Andorra. It's games like this that show your identity. Right, and I think another thing about it was uh, questions about Gareth Southgate in regards to, not not saying that he's been questioned as a coach, but there are things about him that he's been doing lately in these World Cup qualifiers. Um, not really making many substitutions at all. Um, yeah, man. Notably, I mean, in this match versus Poland, not a single substitution, but maybe they could have used somebody. Um, I mean, it was Grealish that started. Raheem Sterling was there, Mason Mount, you know, right behind Harry Kane. Obviously, Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, but... It looked like maybe they could have had someone come in uh, to maybe switch things up a bit. With Andorra, obviously, we saw a um, bit of a you know difference. Um, but, you know, not really making substitutions, uh, maybe to switch things up late on. I mean, but what can you really say about a 90-plus second-minute goal? It looked like they were going to hold off. They didn't finish some chances that they did have, mainly a Harry Kane header late that didn't you know end up in the back of the net. So, I mean, I guess you could chalk it off as looking too deep into things. But... Yeah, I mean, whoop on, whoop on Andorra, beat up Hungary, but, um, you know, draw Poland and you don't know about England. But I guess you could say that about pretty much all the big teams this past uh, international break. Uh, notably, you mentioned Italy beating Lithuania 5-0. There are thing, people saying that Italy's strikers can't score uh, after the Euros. Nobody's scoring goals, but, you know, uh, with a bunch of draws as they did in the international match. And then... They came through with five of them things. Obviously, it was against Lithuania. And Moise Keane getting the start um, and getting his goals off. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of up and down, I would say, with a lot of the best teams in the world this this go-round in the uh, World Cup qualifiers and international break. So, Yeah, so, man. Not- you mentioned substitutions. Let's quickly run through CONCACAF. I don't want to, but let's do it. Um, Honduras-USA was a marquee match of the third round of qualifying um Honduras the motherland got to an amazing start Brian Moya scoring a header in the 27th minute nobody around him for the USA left all alone in the box one nothing we are on an emotional high 
things can only go up from here, except when you make three substitutions for no apparent reason, and then things go all the way downhill. Anthony Robinson of Fulham scores the first goal for the United States, 48th minute. Following his goal, 18-year-old Ricardo Pepe scores a go-ahead goal, and then the U.S. puts two more past Honduras for a 4-1 result. I would argue that because of all these changes Honduras made at the half, which pretty much became the Achilles heel for the national team, they lost the game more so than the U.S. won it. Because if you watch the full game, a deceiving 4-1 when you think about it, not often is a 4-1 deceiving, but if you see the first half, Honduras was pretty much having their way with the U.S. Yeah, Pulisic and Pepe had some chances in the first half, but nah, fam. But then all those changes from Fabian Coito, the head coach for Honduras, and yeah, had Honduras looking like a deer in headlights. One more thing about um, the U.S.'s point of view. Yeah, you won the game. Does not paper over the cracks of the issues going on with the U.S. national team. Their starting 11 was piss poor. Greg Berhalter didn't know what the hell he was doing until the halftime whistle blew. And people have been saying Ricardo Pepe saved Greg Berhalter's job. And from the fans' POV, again, it's just a win. Y'all not at the World Cup yet? Pump the brakes. Congratulations on the win. Yeah, things look pretty crazy. I mean, not crazy, but we're very iffy over there in the CONCACAF groupings. I mean, Mexico top of the group and still looking a bit iffy. Obviously, with everything you said about the USA, I mean, they've got a qualifier coming up against Jamaica. And anything can happen, even though Jamaica's bottom of the table. Um, Jamaica forced a draw against Costa Rica. Ex- there you go. And so, I mean, if USA don't fix up real quick, I mean, this was the, the you know, supposed to be the, you know, the big boys, the, uh, the the young guys, the young talented guys, winners in Europe, this, that, and the third. Um, they're going to have to fix up real quick. Not saying that they can't, but they better do it soon because come World Cup time, I mean, whether they make it or not, things can get really ugly. Facts. And what's McKinney got to learn how to act right? Facts. Plays with Ronaldo once. Thinks he's, you know, the GOAT, I guess, but. He was suspended for the Canada and Honduras qualifiers because he was outside of, you know, the USMNT bubble. Rumors has it that he slept around with a teammate's sister. I'm not confirming or denying. But, yeah, um, don't have to be too conceited. You're not at the World Cup yet. You still have to play Mexico, Costa Rica. Panama might even give you a hard time. They gave Mexico a hard time. Again, I think Spencer said it last week, early days. Yeah, early days. Got Came away with two points. Not bad. Could have been better. We'll see how October goes. That is it for World Cup qualifying. Ooh, that means club football. We back at it. I don't know why I'm so excited. Um, I mean, listen, you mentioned the Honduras thing. You took that on the chin, so I'm going to have to have – I'm going to have to do the same thing. Club football back early on. I'm going to start in the Premier League. Just get this over with. Premier League football begins Saturday morning early as hell over here on the East Coast, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Crystal Palace playing a Tottenham Hotspur team that were, uh, you could say, skeleton-esque. Didn't really mean much else as uh, Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace uh, was putting in that work against that skeleton crew. 
which featured a defense formed by Jaffa Tanganga and Eric Dyer. Brazilian Emerson made a, a debut. Didn't really mean nothing because he looked confused uh, as Wilfred Zaha was putting him in the blender. Now, this game uh, only got worse for Spurs as Eric Dyer gets injured early on, I think about the 15th minute, um, and gets subbed off for uh, Joe Roden, who we haven't seen since Wales. Joe Roden uh, standing next to Jaffa Tanganga, two young guys, two young defenders. Um, didn't last long before Tanganga got into some smoke with Wilfred Zaha and got himself a yellow. And five minutes, and five minutes later went in with a two-footed tackle to get the red. And now we've got Ben Davies playing next to um, Joe Roden. And um, at that point, something I haven't seen before as uh, Wilfred Zaha does get a penalty to make it 1-0 to Crystal Palace late on in the match. Now, at this point, Crystal Palace sub on one of their new, newer signings, makes his debut in the Premier League, Otson Edouard. Late on in the match, he subbed on, and in his first touch, scores a goal. It's now 2-0, and it's looking nasty for Nuno, who was sitting pretty up top of the table after three matches. And uh, it gets just worse than that, as Otson Edouard doubles his goal tally in his debut in the 90th minute. Uh, so it was all bad for me up early just to see my team get cooked. Um, that was, uh, I don't even know why I, I uh, brought that up. But Spurs lose their first match of the season, concede as many goals in one match as they scored in three. And all of a sudden, Nuno brought back down to earth. Oof, duh. In this case, earth is fifth place in the Premier League. Yeah, not too far down, but I mean, it's early times. It could get worse. Hope it doesn't. The one thing that stuck with me is uh, Patrick Vieira, former Arsenal great, saying, uh, I still know how to beat Spurs. Did he really say that? Something to that effect. I don't think he actually said that. Um, if he did, I would love to see it. Because I'm trying to find that. I can't find that. Like, I saw, like, memes and stuff, but I'm not quick to believe a meme page, so. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, he basically said... <laughs> It wasn't, he said beating Spurs, <laughs> this hurts. He said beating Spurs is nothing special for me. And that's not his actual quote, but he said the win, you know, wasn't a special win. It was their first win of the season. Um, and his first win as a coach of Crystal Palace. And he said it wasn't special for me because beating Spurs is not special. Now you can take that any way you like, but I think we know what he meant by that. This is the huh. St. Patrick Vieira who won the league undefeated at White Hart Lane on the final day. Um, so. That one uh, really hurt. But speaking of the team he won the league with, they got their first win on the season. Congratulations to them. one nothing winners over Norwich City. They sure did. Relegation dogfight. The goal that was scored, <laughs> Obama Yang did end up on it. Um, but boy, when Nicola Pepe took that shot and hit the post and bounced out, I was like, these guys are never going to score. Sure enough, there was a bit of a jumble. Uh, Tim Crow confused in there, don't know what's going on, and it lands two yards out the box at Obama Yang's feet as he pop, pops it in. Uh, VAR did check it for a couple minutes. Arsenal fans all over the world were holding their breath, but eventually they did get it. They win 1 0. They're up to 16th place. Whoopee. They weren't the only London team to get a W, not named Spurs, um, joining Crystal Palace. Uh, Chelsea, the West London side. Uh, pretty much beat the brakes off of Aston Villa in the calmest way possible. Romelu Lukaku getting yet another goal. Um, <laughs> Calm ass whooping. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Romelu, <laughs> Romelu Lukaku getting another goal. Um, and all around resounding win for Chelsea. Pretty easy. Uh, Villa didn't look like they were putting up much of a fight. Chelsea still looking very compact defensively. Ali Watkins is putting up a fight. Um, Danny Ings, not so much. He was subbed off and Triori came on. Did add a bit more oomph to it. But they just couldn't get a goal off. And Edouard Mendy continuing to make great saves. That man is something special, ain't he? Uh, Chelsea get yet another dub. Uh, a lot of people were concerned that Saul Niguez did not have the best of debuts. I'm not all that concerned. And I don't think Chelsea or Thomas Tuchel are all that concerned either because Mateo Kovacic has been balling out. Uh, Jorginho, I don't know what he's doing, but apparently he's a good player, allegedly, right? Um, apparently he's the best player on that team, neither here nor there. Man so. City won, lesser City no. Uh, speaking of blues, beating blues. <laughs> ah, <look at> that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, Bernardo Silva finally getting to go off. Kudos to him, man. Uh, it's hard to get into that Manchester City squad, but I think Guardiola and City really getting into that groove. It's really early this season. You know, last time, last season, it took them until January. Um, therefore, three games in, I would say, and they're playing that type of football again. Um, in, in that midfield, it's interesting. Uh, Grealish is out wide as he should be, but that striker issue is really getting them. They, you know, they, they have a lot of chances that don't get buried, but nonetheless, Bernardo Silva gets the goal off, and that's all they needed as Harvey Barnes continues to play like dog shit. Uh, Jamie Vardy did have a goal that I believe <laughs> was called offsides. I thought he was going to cook on Man City's uh, defense, as somehow he always does. Last Premier League game of note occurred today, Leeds United and Liverpool. It was a Liverpool washing of Bielsa's boys, overshadowed by the incident involving Harvey Elliott. Um, that was a terrible tackle. tackle. Oh my goodness, that was a terrible tackle. Horrible. Yeah, you hate to see it. Harvey Elliott uh, look like he was going to be a mainstay in this in this side this season. Jurgen Klopp seems to really trust him, and he definitely has showed some promise. He played really well against Chelsea uh, in that draw, but uh, yeah, his season is probably no more because that was a horrendous tackle. The way his leg was dangling, I couldn't keep on watching. And I'm seeing Mo Salah, like, wave on the trainers, like, yo, get get your ass over here. Like, that was just egregious. Ugh. Yeah, yeah get well soon, Harvey Elliott. Um, but speaking Bye. of Mo Salah, uh, my boy uh, did get his 100th Premier League goal. Uh, getting yes, big up, big up. Getting the uh, scoring started versus Leeds, which ended up in a 3-0 ass whooping. The weird thing about <laughs> Leeds... Hey, there he goes. <laughs> Is that air horns, buddy? Air, yeah. air horns for Mo Salah's 100th goal in the Premier League. <laughs> and I think just two more notable points here for me. One one of them is Sadio Mane, the top of his hair, is starting to look like a used sponge. Uh, he just got to cut it off, man. It's chill, crazy. chill. Leave all that alone. He scored he today, too. He was having chill. a rough game. Missed a couple of chances, but he got his goal today, too. He got to cut his hair. You gotta cut sure, his hair, sure. son. It looks like Kevin Durant, steel wool hair. You know that shit. Like it just you can just see right through it, and not even on a sunny day. Anyways, I've been there before. I know what that's like. Um, and then the last point on this: even when Leeds United are getting their asses whooped, they just don't look like they're getting their ass whooped. It doesn't make any sense. This is a team <laughs> that comes at you full force no matter what. It's so confusing. Um, but yeah, a three nil ass whooping for Bielsa's men, and they're also not having the best start to the season. But you also yeah. Chicken led also scored. Yes, Mr. Chicken. 
<laughs> who shouldn't, who shouldn't, uh, who allegedly wouldn't have been playing if that rule stood along with uh, a couple other Brazilians. Um, but that to me uh, is pretty much it for the Premier League, unless y'all want to talk about a, a nil-nil draw with West Ham and Southampton. I don't yeah, know. I'd rather not. Um, so, there we go. On to the next league. Where should we go, Ronnie? Um, Bundesliga. Um, we already spoke about Dortmund and Leverkusen. Wolfsburg continuing to win in the Bundesliga. They're on top four wins from four games, 12 points in all. Oh. Do we think it lasts? I'm thinking about how to pronounce this team name. Gorterfurth. <laughs> what? Furth. It, it's the U with the two dots on top. Oh, word, word. Uh, yep, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, Wolfsburg beat them. Wutweg Horst did score an added time via the spot kick. Um, you know, that's my my Dutch hero. But the big game in the Bundesliga was another ass whooping. Show Bayern enough. Munich over RB Leipzig. Oh no, last season's ones and twos. I mean, it was a close game up until halftime. It was, and quite questionable officiating in the first half as well, when it looked like Thomas Muller's Hand was in an unnatural position, but the refs don't call it a handball. And on the other end, one could argue that the play was a bit more natural, but that was given a yellow card. I mean, that that was given a penalty. Robert Lewandowski scores it. Always a highlight whenever Jamal Musiala is playing brilliantly, and he did against Leipzig as well. He bagged a goal as well. That was the second goal of the game on Leroy Sané and Eric Maxim Chupamuting also scoring for the Bavarians. And Leipzig did end up getting a goal, but, you know, it's not going to do much when it's 4-1. So, yeah, Bayern Munich are still out here. They are. Um, I think, uh, I guess, one quick point I had about that. well, one, Serge Gnabry getting injured, um, but Jamal yeah, Musiala yeah. coming on and just being like, all right, I'll score for you. Don't worry about it. Uh, I And I think we said this a couple of times. Man, I think he's he's really nice, really good player. Um, excited to see what he does this season. Hopefully he gets some more playing time. We'll see what, uh, what Nagelsmann, the former Leipzig man, thinks because he looks like he's giving him some time, although you could argue he wouldn't have played if Serge Gnabry didn't go down. Probably, but, but it's Jamal Musiala and – he lights up the pitch whenever he's on. Sure enough. And against Leipzig for some reason, because I remember last season, their second match, uh, their reverse fixture, uh, Bayern Munich, he came on and I think scored one or two, but he definitely came on and scored and just had an overall huge impact on that match there. And then another quick point, uh, Marcel Sabitzer just sitting there on the Bayern bench against his old team. Ooh, <laughs> nasty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much it about that there, but um, yeah, it's a bit, sir. Despite you know being the bench warmer, Nagelsmann and Upamecano got wins against their former club. Against their former club, show enough. Um, that's enough for Bundesliga for me, unless you've got uh, one more there. I did see Eintracht Frankfurt take on Stuttgart, and it was pretty interesting. Because, as you remember from last week's BS of the Week, Philip Kostic is still at Frankfurt after his failed transfer to Lazio. Awkward. He did come off the bench, and he did score for Eintracht. Fans of a team of a player who just, you know, 
said flat out, yo, I don't want to be here no more. Would just, you know, hammer you with booze and stuff like that. No, they were still there. They accepted his apologies. And he scored, which, you know, obviously you're going to win the fans back like that. But Stuttgart scored at the death. Omar Marmouche for Stuttgart, and the match ends 1-1. So the top four goals, Wolfsburg, Bayern, Dortmund, and Mainz. Now, before we did get on to record, an observation was pointed out by, I believe it was Spence. Roma are in first place in Serie A. Jose creeping up. Absolutely, they beat Sassuolo today 2-1. Goals from Cristante and El Sirawi. Yeah. Wow. I mean, every time I hear that name, I'm just going to be like, wow, El Sirawi. Roma mainstay, <laughs> AC Milan, former mainstay. But damn. Speaking of Milan, they won their match 2-0 against Lazio. Also today, Rafael Leal and the return of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. As he'll say, Ibrahimovic did not return. Return, Ibrahimovic. <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? Hey, man. I don't know. Atalanta and Fiorentina yesterday. All the goals came via penalties. Duzan Vlachovic scored two, one in either half. Duvan Zapata scored Atalanta's only goal. And Fiorentina come away with the three points. Yep. Fiorentina are now in seventh place. Another big reason Fiorentina uh, basically said, if you want Dusan Vlahovic on a transfer this summer, you better pay up. Pay hey the fuck up. He's scoring goals. Uh, uh, I believe Serie A's top scorer, third top scorer last season behind, I mean, one guy named Cristiano Ronaldo and another guy named Romelu Lukaku, a.k.a. Never mind. I won't do it. I'm not the British tabloid. I won't do it. Um, <laughs> You've done it before. <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, but Vlahovic is definitely getting, uh, getting it in. But yeah, that wasn't the only action for Serie A. Unfortunately, Ronnie's Juventus and the team that I picked to get a W this week uh, in my fant- uh, fantasy, in my footy misfits uh, trophy race, Juventus. And here I am, pre- like, okay, about to get into Venezia winning against Empoli. And this guy wants to talk about Juventus losing in Napoli. Um, pause the pod real quick. Pause the pod. Pause the pod. Pause it. <laughs> Pavel Nedved will never not get BS of the week. <laughs> he about to get a subscription to BS. He about to get a membership. He said Cristiano Ronaldo was not fit, and here he is scoring braces on debuts in Manchester. Oof. What was that about not being fit? Also, while he was with Portugal, he broke the international goal scoring record on two goals in one game. He didn't play the entire three game slate, and he's not fit. Problem that, but apparently you're not fit again. But if this is not BS of the year, I don't know what will what will be because that's a strong front runner. My man just said anything. Goodness gracious! He thought we would buy it. Facts. That's like when uh. Jared Dudley said that LeBron is definitely going to the Knicks that year he went to Miami Heat, but that's another sport and another story for another time. But you mentioned Juventus is lost to Napoli, Alvaro Morata scoring. Holy shit. 
which was an interesting moment there. I think we should have known something was going to happen when Alvaro Morata scores because it just doesn't happen as often as he, as I feel like he would like and as often as I would like. I like as often as I would like. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you went to – I mean, despite all of these uh, bans and whatnot um, being uh, – uh, bands being placed and then repealed and then confused. Uh, Juventus did see some players missing in action, uh, notably their number one guy, the big dog, the European champion, Federico Chiesa, um, was unavailable to play. Um, now, Manuel Locatelli has been in the midfield um, alongside, yeah. Weston, alongside Weston Nasty McKinney. <laughs> and, 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 and Adrian Nasty Rabiot. That's a nasty sandwich. Goodness gracious. Um, but notably, um, also unavailable to play was Danilo. Um, also unavailable to play was Juan Cuadrado. Carlo Dybala also unavailable to play. So you could say, you know, a, a graveyard shift Juventus against Napoli. And Napoli took full advantage as Matteo Politano got a goal in the second half. Things finished off from center back, who we thought would go at any point anywhere else except stay at Napoli. Uh, but instead, he stayed. Kalidu Kulibali scoring in the 85th minute to take three points from Napoli. Yeah, everyone takes care of Serie A, I guess. Oh, and Inter drew um, Sampdoria 2 2. If we can move right quick into uh, La Liga, which is oh so available for me to watch now that they're on ESPN. Plus. Thank you. <laughs> this podcast will never not uh, be shitting on Dean Sports until they cut the check. Now, it's also worth pointing out that there were some marquee games that would have been played this week in La Liga, specifically yes. Sevilla-Barcelona were due to play this week. But because players went on international duty, they said, um, no. Yep. Let's yep. postpone this game. And they'll play when everyone has their full spot. That aside, yep. Atlético de Madrid won 2-1 against Espanyol. Yannick Carrasco was he was cooking for Atleti. Thomas Lema also scored in the 90th plus nine. Also for Atleti, they saw the return of Antoine Griezmann in the victory. Griezmann back in the, the red and white, uh, although they didn't wear the red and white. They wore their navy blue kits that day, but... You get the you get what I mean. Um, the other, the other Madrid uh, also took care of business uh, on Sunday today when we're recording. Uh, everybody and their mama scored, uh, and by everybody and their mama I mean Karim Benzema with a hat trick. Um, Vinicius Junior getting one as well, and the new boy, the young center midfield starlet, Eduardo Camavinga trying to make a name for himself. It's the goal off um, Celta Vigo. Real Madrid win 5-2. That wasn't all about Real Madrid, but, you know. Though it's worth pointing out that the mighty Celta de Vigo had a 2-1 lead going into the half. Oh, talk about Real Madrid making a comeback. <laughs> also, objectively, uh, Real Madrid's short this season, I don't know what it is. They usually, you know, they're mostly the same. But I really like the white and then the blue. I don't know, something about it. It looks really nice. I'm not lie. At first, I'm like, uh, but you know, it's growing on me. Yeah, I like it. Maybe because when I saw Kamavinga wearing it, um, he looked nice. Uh, obviously, <laughs> other people had other oh, things no. when they saw Kamavinga wearing, uh, you know, uh, whatever he was wearing, whether it be his jersey or a suit uh, during his uh, Real Madrid presentation, which also happened this past week. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at this because this is so 
nastiness. Um, it was reported as our Mr. Misfits himself, Ronnie, pointed out to uh, Spencer and I this past week that while the presentation was going on for one Eduardo Camavinga, the young midfielder, during his presentation while he's being shown to the cameras and does a little bit of a kickabout, he wears his uh, suit and speaks to the press after the president Fiorentino Perez. He does a medical and they film it all kind of exploitative, but it is what it is. Um, it was caught on a hot mic or whatever the case may be. A lot of hot mics nowadays. I better watch what you say. One reporter uh, was caught mentioning that, end quote, he, and by he they mean Kamavinga, is blacker than his suit. <laughs> I mean, straight nasty business. Uh, now, I'm not sure if this is 100% true, but it was also reported that she was arrested <laughs> for the racial comments. Um, now hey, that's man, if you can get arrested for racism, USA got to step it up. Big time, step it up. Um, now, I guess even more so the nastiness of, of it all, uh, the lady's response uh, or clarification, now, it wasn't much better. Uh, yeah, I mean, Real Madrid getting a big W over South of Vigo and Real Madrid in the press getting a big L. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> this, you pretty much just took us there, LV. I believe it's that time now. Oh, love that. You could even include this in that time because you sent me that and I was like, BS of the week, BS of the week, BS of the week, BS of the week. <laughs> Alert! But speaking of BS of the week, you said it was that time. Yes. Um, let's get right into it. One of the best to never do it in football, in my opinion. Mario Balotelli. Um, sucks to hear things that come out uh, about him, uh, and they're usually negative for some reason. The man is still super talented, age 31 years old. Uh, just as long long ago when he was playing for OGC Nice, one of the top scorers in the league, helped him get to fourth place. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. This is about a an incident that happened this past week at his new club um, in Turkey, Adana Demirspor, where he plays forward. Um, now, the match that he was playing on, he was subbed off by the coach uh, just, I guess, after not doing anything. It was a nil-nil draw uh, against Konyaspor. I, I said that wrong. Um, and he was uh, called off in the 56th minute, and he didn't like being subbed off. Um, threw his shin pads on the ground after sitting in the dugout. Uh, had some air of frustration, as you could see from the, from the, the video here. And uh, as he sat back on the dugout, kind of swung his hand, hit the chair, and you know, kind of brushed his teammate. Now, having not looked at it, uh, you might assume that it's a punch, or having just looked at the articles and not seeing a video, you'll just see people quoted as a punch, uh, not even giving it a second chance. Um, now, I saw the video. I'm not going to lie. His teammate didn't think it was a punch, it seems, and I don't think Balotelli threw a punch. He just looked a bit frustrated, kind of, you know, hit the chair, and it might have, you know, kind of ricocheted and hit his mans in the shoulder. Mans didn't have, seem to have an issue with it. Um, now, BS of the Week here is not the Balotelli in the negativity in the headline, or not not the Balotelli moment. It's the it's more so the reaction that he's been getting online and folks that haven't even taken the time to check out what happened and going straight to, because it's Mario Balotelli, he did some fuck nasty shit, and therefore he's a nasty guy. Um, I mean, it didn't, it, in my opinion, it didn't seem that way at all. Um, of the week goes to the folks over there, as I said, assuming 
just because it's Balotelli. If it were anybody else, if, if Balotelli was white, would he be getting some hate like this? They'll call him Joy Barton. Oh, he's such a, a strong character. All right, but because it's Balotelli, uh, he's getting he's getting some hate, and and, and a lot of it. Um, BS of the week goes to y'all. Assuming, leave my man's Balotelli alone. Uh, he he ain't do nothing. He's a misunderstood guy. Great footballer. Uh, maybe just didn't deal with the footballing world as well as he could have. Uh, so much so, mm -hmm. Roberto, Roberto Mancini, Mancini, his former coach, and as people say, you know, one of his mentors basically treated him very well at Manchester City, where they won. A trophy you remember that trophy <laughs> uh the man who did pass aguero that you know before he scored that goal um uh, uh mancini had some things to say about him in regards uh to his time together and just him as a player um during international duty and basically said you know i worked with balotelli when he was young and did really well he was and still is in terms of technique a great player let's not forget he's 31 so he ought to be at his peak Clearly, it was disappointing for all of us who knew him as a person and a player that in the last five or six years, he was unable to do what he was capable of doing. I mean, it's, it sounded more sad than anything, but it looks like there's a bit of respect there between them. So leave my man's Balotelli alone, man. Why always me? Yeah, man. Why always me? Um, But it's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but... You mentioned Mancini and Balotelli. The first thing that comes to mind is when Man City played the LA Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> summed them up. I mean, that was funny. And they got into a proper fight. I'm glad they were able to, you know, be amicable. Yeah, it seems like they have sort of like a, almost sort of like a father-son relationship because Mancini kept mentioning, you know, he was a hothead as well when he was younger to the point where he told, um, Sachi, Mauricio Sachi, or Mauro Sachi, to the point where he told Sachi that he would never play for him after you know being subbed out uh, in the on the international team. So we know how much of a hothead um, Mancini could be and can be. So it seems like they understood each other, even though they would get into their you know their little spurts and even fights. Um, apparently, he was the guy that would you know raise him up, and he knew how to treat him. And so yeah, it seems like there's still definitely a connection there, and it's hopefully hopefully a good one. Yeah, man. Um, I'm putting this under BS of the week. I don't know if you guys agree with it. Arsene Wenger insists that the World Cup should be played every two years. I definitely agree with putting it in BS of the week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have the question, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is the right solution, according to Arsene Wenger, to have the World Cup every two years. Um, and FIFA are currently conducting a study on hosting this tournament every two years. And apparently, this is a request via the Saudi Arabian FA. As if Saudi Arabia is going to make the World Cup every two years, let alone four. But Arsene Wenger, after he left Arsenal, he's just coming up with some boneheaded ideas, it seems. So much to consider about having a World Cup every two years. First of all. You got to look at the continental tournaments. The Euro would more than likely have to be every two years as well. Um, you also have to contend with the Olympics every second year. And while Olympic football might not be on and popping for most, the Olympics as a whole is. Also, how often are you going to play these qualifiers? 
Now, Arsene Wenger suggested having a whole month or two off to take care of that, but it's not that simple. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. FIFA already fucked up the World Cup by adding 48 teams for the 2026 competition. Yeah, but not to cut you off, Ronnie, but I think that's the thing there. Like, how many qualifiers will that add to teams, players, and schedules? And then on top of the fact that they're allowing 48 teams to compete, that's way too many games. And it's already, as we can see, after this COVID and pandemic situation, things are already as inflated as they get as far as scheduling goes. Like, what? How are you going to, like, how does that even work? Talk about self-serving. A lot of people opposed this plan. UEFA is opposed to this plan. Some European clubs are opposed. I know the Premier League said as well that they are against this. People who are fans of this shit is, you know, I don't know. Y'all just don't like the beautiful game. That's nasty business. They're just making the UEFA Champions League more and more important, I think. The more often they make the World Cup happen, just won't feel the same in terms of its, you know, importance. But self-interest, as you said, Ronnie, self-interest, that's bullshit. Um, let's keep BS of the week going. Um, well, you mentioned his name earlier, Arden Rabio. Oof, nasty man. We all remember when his mom caused the whole fracas with the Pogba's and the Mbappes. Yep. In regards to the spat against Switzerland at the Euros, Rabio said, nothing happened in the stands. It was a bit surprising to hear that. I spoke with her her being his mama, and I believe her. When she tells me nothing happened, that's the truth. <laughs> this is where bullshit of the week comes in. You can see some irritation on the video. That can always happen, but who knows what was said. Yep, they both lying. <laughs> Fam, we saw the fracas, and he's trying to wash this off. He finishes. I haven't spoken about it with Mbappé or Pogba. There was nothing on their side, nor my own, so there was no need to speak about any of it. Um, Yes, the double down is what gets BS of the week here. Man, we saw it. And even then, why are you talking about it? They so before know. you get your second off, I'm going to give my second off, because the Arsene Wenger one was universal BS. But, um, yes. We spoke about it briefly last time about, you know, Neymar fat belly gate. And this man. <laughs> but this man just won't let it go. He, after the game against Peru, this man puts on his Instagram he, he partially lifts his shirt up to see those spray-on abs with the caption, Gordinho Bon del Bola, which translates into English. Chubby is good at ball. And he puts a hashtag. <laughs> I, didn't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and he put as a hashtag um, something in the Portuguese lines of, put some respect on my name. Fam, why are you entertaining people calling you fat? Like, he feeds into the social media shit. Like, is he that insecure? Don't know what for? Come on, Neymar. 
Leave it alone, man. You know you're not fat. Why are you going to feed into the people calling you fat? BS of the week, Neymar's insecurity. <laughs> LV, wrap this up for us one time. All right. So my BS of the week, the final one, of course. Um, I got an assist from Ronnie. And this one is about the one, the only Sergio Aguero, one of Manchester City's greatest strikers of all time. Premier League greatest. One of the Premier League greats, if you will. Uh, we all know about his move to Barcelona in the off offseason. Uh, wanted to play with his best friend and his man, Lionel Messi, who then, uh, as soon as Aguero got there, said, yo, I'm uh, I'm going to Paris. See you later, man. <laughs> he pulled off a Steve from Blue's Clues. Hey, Aguero, welcome. Guess what? I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Facts. Well, things didn't end there for Aguero, as he seems to be absolutely lost at the uh, culture of Barcelona and everything that's going on. It took him a little while to get registered, if you will, as we remember, with Barcelona being broke. And so they said... You're probably hoping he would never get registered. I know he was helping. Yo, please, please don't register me. There were reports that he wanted to leave just two weeks uh, or uh, just under a month after being signed by Barcelona. Obviously, we know why. But as things continued on and the season began, he was, in fact, registered. He had some things to say, as you know, you know, Aguero likes to be, um, has sort of an online presence, if you will. He likes to be on Twitch and does interviews. And <laughs> we've seen him call his, his home Tommy Messi uh, live on Twitch and things like that. But he was on Twitch again uh, via Ibayano's Twitch page um, and was quoted saying, after being asked um, in regards to uh, Barcelona's training sessions, uh, he explained that at Manchester City, we arrived an hour and a half before training. Here, Half an hour before, calling them lazy. Uh, I said, well, I'll come at least an hour before and I try to go uh, to the gym or do some things. <laughs> so he tried to go to the uh, Barcelona training gym early, you know, get on and prepare as uh, great players do. And uh, came to find out that there was nobody at the facilities and it was shut. Uh, Aguero walking in like Will Smith uh, on the Fresh Prince when the entire family moves out of the house and uh, just standing there, empty. And that's the situation that he's in at Barcelona. No Messi, no training facilities to work in early, no matches to play. It's all bad for Sergio Aguero. So it beats the week to Barcelona. Y'all, I thought this was a great club. What is happening over there? Not by the way Aguero says it. He's calling y'all lazy. Uh, <laughs> so beats the week, Barcelona, lazy as hell. Open the training facilities for the guy, fam. Come on. I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. <laughs> Spence, any shout outs? Yeah, I got a shout out. Let's give a shout out to Mo Salah hitting his goals. <laughs> was, it's impressive. I mean, he's he's been killing it ever since he put on a Liverpool jersey. So very, very happy to see him hit 100. And just hoping that Liverpool just keep on winning. Uh, again, best speed recovery and best wishes to Harvey Elliott. He came on the scene. He, he burst yes, into sir. the scene. He's been playing really well. It's just, just like, just got to be a little gutted for him. Heartbreaking on such an injury. But he'll come back better than ever. And uh, the squad will be waiting for him. Agreed. Yeah, prayers up to Harvey Elliott. Uh, I was going to make a joke but i'm not gonna do that um so before i make any off-color jokes ronnie do you want to go ahead and sign the boys off you're better than that i am i am
So for the good brothers LV and Search Engine Spence, I go by the name of Ronnie. We thank you all for listening to episode 58 of the Footy Misfits. Episode 59 is right around the corner. Stay strong. Be brave. The Champions League is coming back. Adios, mi gente. Woo! I'm so nervous right now because my girl is listening to me pod live and she fine as hell. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>